Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Thirty years ago, Fran Caradonna and her then-husband opened a beer distributorship in St. Louis. One of their goals was to crack Anheuser-Busch's near monopoly and to bring craft beer options to a city where Budweiser had always been king. One of their clients ended up being a brand-new brewery. Its official name was the St. Louis Brewery, but we know it today as Schlafly. And now, 30 years later, Caradonna has come full circle. After selling the distributorship and later starting a craft brewery of her own, Caradonna made her way to Schlafly, and last year she was tapped to be its CEO. So joining us today to talk about that remarkable journey and her goals for Schlafly is Fran Caradonna. Fran, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. Good to be here. Now, you've been the CEO of the St. Louis Brewery for six months now. What's been the biggest challenge during that time? I'm trying to remember everybody's names. You know? there's <laughs> you've got a, a lot of employees. There's 200 employees, a bunch of smart energetic, dynamic people who love what they do. And uh, it's just such a pleasure to be there. I'm getting better at remembering their names. But yeah, that's got to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Schlafly had some big news um, in the last couple of weeks. You guys announced that, you're, that you've acquired Trailhead Brewery in St. Charles. I feel like so many breweries just have one brew pub or one tap room, if that. You're now going to have three. So how do you see that physical experience fitting into the future of this brand? Well, for Schlafly, you know, we've always been focused on the St. Louis market from the time we started downtown. And then when we opened Bottle Works out in the Maplewood neighborhood, you know, what what Tom Schlafly told me was his proudest accomplishment is that he's gone into neighborhoods and made them better places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get to, to go build on what's already happening in St. Charles. And that's just what's so exciting for us, you know. I think St. Charles will have its own identity, Bankside, we're calling it. Um, It'll be the Schlafly brand with its own St. Charles identity, just like uh, Bottle Works is the Schlafly brand with its Maplewood identity. So, you know, that is, you know, it has always been part of the identity here in St. Louis, but at the same time, you're in a a lot of states. I think I saw 14. Yep. Is that correct? So you've also got this huge um, retail thing that's completely separate from that. How do those two halves work? together. You know, we really, we are a couple of different businesses. We are a manufacturing business. We make beer and ship it to wholesalers, a lot of it, most of it, the majority of it in the St. Louis metro area, but another 40% probably out in another, as you said, 14, 15 states. We just Mm -hmm. rolled into Oklahoma. Um, So we have this manufacturing business where we're selling to wholesalers who sell to retailers, who sell to consumers. But then we have this other beautiful business, the pub business, where we sell direct and communicate directly with consumers. And what a gift that is, because it, it helps us to be close to our customers and listen and understand what they love about beer and St. Louis and Schlafly. Do you get feedback from them that you oh, end up constantly, using? constantly, yeah. Not just yeah. in terms of the brew pub experience, but in terms of future offerings? And- Absolutely. You know, folks, there's something about being in the beer business. It's everyone's happy when they're using your product. That's for sure. And, you know, people feel passionate about our products just like we do. And it's such a gift and such a such a joy to to be able to be in business offering someone a product that they love as much as we do. Now, you guys also recently rolled out a hard seltzer. Is this like the Schlafly version of White Claw? Well, sort of. You know, it's a mead. And a mead is, some people call it a honey wine. Basically, it's honey and water and yeast. And we add a little bit of natural flavor to make it have a little lemon lime thing. But the result is that it's very similar 
water to a seltzer in the experience of drinking. So the components are different. It's yes. just it's, it might taste the same to yeah. somebody the uninitiated. The color is a little more most seltzers are clear. Uh, this mead because of the honey, it's more of a light yellow color. And almost beer-like? Almost beer-like. It pours like a beer. I've had a number of customers note the difference in the way the beer, the liquid pours compared to most seltzers. But for people who are looking for a lower alcohol, lower calorie, lower carb, light tasting drink, which a lot of people are right now, Boomerang Mead Spritzer might be an alternative they'd like to consider. And it's made locally right here in St. Louis. We're wondering, for those of you listening, if you have a question or even a comment about Schlafly for its CEO, you can give us a call. We're at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Fran, I know the last few years have been a time of upheaval at Schlafly. Your predecessor, um, James Pendergaft, he resigned after he was found to be the author of an anonymous mailer that seemed to kind of target some other breweries in town. It seems like such a weird way for a CEO to get in trouble. I'm sure you're not penning an anonymous mailer of your own. Um, but did the fallout from that cause some trouble internally? Well, I, th- you know, I wasn't there when all that happened. And, uh, you know, I'm not even sure exactly what did happen. What I know is that when I got there um, in March of last year, I found a bunch of people who love Schlafly, love their work, and and were ready to go to work and were ready to do whatever it took to win back the trust and and love of of our consumers and of the community and they have done just that you know i i was able to be in a position to to provide some leadership um, I've been around a long time. I know a lot of people in our little segment of the beer business, and I think I think maybe that helped people feel a little more comfortable and a little more stable. And you know, it's really just about doing the right thing, and that's what we did. We put one foot in front of us, and we did the right thing, and we focused on the business, and we focused on getting up every day and thinking about Schlafly and doing our jobs. And you know, that's how to fabulous result for us. You know, it's been a really good year. Was there bad will with some of the other breweries in town where you kind of had to mend those fences? You know, I I didn't have any bad will. So, you know, when I got here, I was able to call them up and say, hey, you know, how are y'all doing? I called up Kevin Lemp and said, we're going to have a company happy hour. Can we come to your place? And he said, sure. And that's the guy from Forehand. That's right. Kind of a target of that newsletter. Apparently, apparently. And, uh, you know, we are... I understand that the craft beer market, we share customers. There's just no two ways about that. And folks who've come from big global breweries, they're not, they don't understand it that way. They're cust- you're either a Budweiser customer, or a Coors customer, or a Miller customer, but craft customers drink across all craft brands. And that's something we've known for the last 30 years that, you know, what works, what's good for Schlafly is good for everybody else. And what's good for everybody else is good for Schlafly. So there's, there, the, it's not that we're not competitive. It's that it's sort of a collegial kind of competition. I compare it to, you know, when you see baseball players and the 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 guy on first base really wants to get the runner out, you know, but if he doesn't, they stand there and chat each other up on first base and they're friendly. 
but when it's when the ball is in play, they each want to win. And you know, so it's similar to that in the beer business. It, it seems like you, you know, that perspective of having been a distributor, you kind of understand this in a way that maybe people who are just attached to one brand don't fully get. And I know that back when you and your husband, uh, then husband, started that distributorship, you really had to fight some uphill battles just to get craft beer into the St. Louis market. And, and Schlafly was a huge part of of that battle. It was, you know, and we spent a lot of time explaining to people what is microbrewery beer. <laughs> people it, just didn't even know they that They didn't term. have any idea what it was. And, you know, what is Schlafly and what does it stand for? We had Pete's Wicked Ale, too. What is... And, and so a lot of it was education. I remember saying to people, well, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with Wonder Bread, which is produced on a large scale. Well, this is kind of like going to the bakery on the corner and getting a loaf of bread that was made in a small batch with specially sourced ingredients. And that's what small breweries are about. Today, consumers understand what craft beer is. They've embraced craft beer. So we don't have to educate anymore. We do have to be relevant. We do have to talk about why our beer is good, our attention to quality, you know, how you can always count on a Schlafly Pale Ale to taste like it's supposed to. And, uh, you know, so it's different issues that we focus on today. It feels like Schlafly is kind of in a tricky place in terms of the St. Louis marketplace because you guys are the OG in terms of being the craft brewer. And that gives you a certain, everybody knows the name, and yet some newer flashy thing seems to open every Mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the fact that you've been around long enough that you might not be the choice of hipsters, but you've got this this sort of great track record and, and this name that everybody knows. You know, I think we stick close to our roots. We are what we are. We stay relevant. But we're in a position to innovate because we have a strong foundation, a strong base. We're strong financially. Um, we have a lot of longevity. So we're able to be innovative and do things like Boomerang. Um, we're looking at some other products that we're testing. We have, because we've been around and we're the OG, to use your term, <laughs> you know, we have the ability to kind of step out a little bit. So I think, you know, we try not to gaze too much at our belly buttons. And, you know, we try to focus on just being who we are and doing the next right thing every single day, day in and day out. And our job is to make great beer, and that's what we do. It seems like one of the complications that every brewer is dealing with right now is that so many people have now gotten into craft brewing. Yeah. And the sense I've gotten from some other people in your field is they're worried that this field is almost a little too crowded at this point. Do you feel that? Well, I think I think it's probably true, and it's not the first time it's happened. It happened in the late 80s where mm-hmm. there were a lot of breweries, for then a lot of breweries, and there, there were some that didn't make it through and I think that'll happen this time and there there are already some that that aren't making it but you know I think it's a it's a balance a lot of it has to do with retail issues and and people using delivery and uh, just having a lot more choices and options I don't think it'll go away to the point it was even 10 years ago but I think there might be some shuffling I think I think consumers have high expectations, and I think if we can't, as an industry, meet those expectations, then we won't make it. 
So you know, we were talking earlier a bit about this sort of hard hard seltzer um, alternative that you guys are pushing out. Um, is there a fear that f- for young people today they're just taking that craft beer thing for granted and they might want to drink other stuff entirely? Yeah. Oh, I think I think taste change, consumer taste change, and we have to evolve and adapt. And I think that's what Schlafly's done a pretty good job of so far. Um, and People are drinking less in general. They're drinking different kinds of things. I mean, think about how people drank in the 50s. You know, we had three Three martini martini lunch. Yeah. We don't get that anymore. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't around in the 50s, but we were drinking martinis at lunch in the 80s (laughs) for a little while. Nobody does that that way anymore. So the world changes. um, And I think when you stay close to your customer and when you listen to what consumers want, then, you know, and you and you react to that in a positive way, then you're going to be okay. We're talking to Fran Caradonna. She's the CEO of Schlafly, um, which is St. Louis's original uh, craft beer brewer and still going strong uh, 29 years later. Um, Fran, we talked a little bit about your background as a distributor, but I'm also interested in that you started um, a craft brewery of your own before you came to Schlafly to be its CEO, and that was O'Fallon Brewery. That's right. What was that like switching from the distributor side of things to the actual brewer side of things? It was sort of a natural progression for us. We understood how to sell beer. We had to learn how to make beer. Uh, usually it's the other way around. Most people who get started in the business start because they love to make beer. And they know or nothing about beer. the business side of yeah. things. Yeah. And this being able to sell beer is really important. It's kind of the harder part of the whole thing. So we we were real excited to be able to make our own product and sell our own product. And uh, and that's what happened. And O'Fallon, you guys ended up selling it, but it's still going strong today. Yes, it is. We sold the business in 2011 to Jim Gorsica, a former Anheuser-Busch executive. And uh, he's been able to expand the brewery and add a pub and is doing really well. So That's yeah, got to feel good to know your baby's out there walking. It's wonderful to see, yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the phone lines here. Um, and if you want to join our conversation, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK if you have questions for the CEO of, of Schlafly. Um, this is Jenny calling from St. Louis. Hi, Jenny. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hey, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I just had a question because I felt like a couple years ago, like three years ago, Schlafly seemed like they were in a position to like really compete with some like major brands on a national scale. And then the last CEO came in and I felt like started really trying to compete with the like super micro craft brew market, making some like really like funky flavors and like getting really experimental. Um, and it just seemed like Schlafly is in a position where it could be like, a Rolling Rock or a Stella, like with the pale ale out there. Um, And I think it'd be really cool to have St. Louis represented on a national scale like that with a brewery that has such a great history here in the city. Um, So I just wonder what the new CEO thinks about that or kind of like, you know, maybe you guys are going to talk about, you know, future kind of plans any as well, but. Yeah. um, Jenny, that's that's actually a great question. Um, I can tell you know the beer scene. So Fran, I'm I'm curious what you think about what Jenny's asking, sort of your position in the, the broader national marketplace. Well, I think I, th- I think St. Louis will always be our primary focus. It just, it is. And for most breweries, that's how they start. Even the national brands uh, um, tend to 
to expand geographically. When Boulevard expanded years and years ago, they really took their time and made sure they were strong in each market. And what's happened for breweries like Schlafly, um, who competed in other markets, is that those markets now have a lot of their own breweries. When we first went to some of those markets years and years ago, um, there were no local or not very many local craft breweries. Now we're competing against, you know, the local breweries in Indianapolis or Columbus or Chicago. Everybody or has their own. Everybody has their own. So while Schlafly, we still do okay in those states, sales are decreasing in the outstates for all craft brewers. Mm-hmm. And so I think on the, from the outside looking in, it might seem easy to expand nationally, but it's very competitive out there. You know, we have some great brands like Pale Ale, and they do sometimes transfer to, translate to other markets. And, uh, yeah, we're, we would love to be a national brand, too. So we'll keep plugging away at that. Jenny, thank you for that call. Um, I want to talk to Ben calling from O'Fallon. Ben, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. The reason I called is because I loved all the I love all the craft beer options. I love exploring them, trying them. A lot of my friends, though, who also grew up in St. Louis like I did, only stick to what would be the InBev products, formerly Anheuser Busch products, and it drives me crazy. I think, why do you still do this? You have options now. You don't have to drink that. How do you influence a mindset or mindset and then behavior? to even try different options, different craft beers, things they're not used to. Ben, thank you for that call. Uh, It's a great question. Well, the first thing I do, Ben, is I ask them the same thing you just ask them, and I listen to what they answer. Um, And most of them, it's not really conscious. Maybe it's it's just, you know, that's what their family's done, or that's, it might be a price thing. Um, But the best way for us to convert people is to give them a taste. And that's what they do. If you, you know, if you walk into one of our pubs, our bartenders will offer you a taste of whatever it is you want to try. And we have many beers that translate well to people that are used to drinking a domestic lager. And, and so usually all we have to do is get them to taste it. So maybe that's part of how that physical footprint fits in with this. Exactly. Get people to come for dinner and, and offer them a drink. Yep. Exactly. Well, Ben, thank you for that call. I want to go to Tom calling from Webster Groves. Um, Tom, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, I would like to suggest to uh, not only Schlafly, but all the local brewers around, that they uh, package uh, their products sometimes in what I'll call mixed six-packs, meaning instead of my trying a whole six-pack of one beer that I may or may not like. Maybe they do a sampling of six different beers in the same six-pack. Tom, that's actually a great idea. Um, Fran, I'm wondering, is that something you guys have considered? Well, you know, most of the retailers have a pick pick six option. Uh, Schnooks and Deerberg's both do where you can go in and you not only pick six of our beers, you could pick one of ours and one of, you know, O'Fallon's and kind of mix it all up that way. So that is something that retailers offer. And I think it's a great way to try. It's that whole idea of trial again. And it it's true. If you haven't tasted something, investing in a six pack might be a big deal if you're not sure you're going to like it. So those pick six options, most liquid 
liquor stores will let you do that, and uh, a lot of the chains offer that. So it sounds like that's kind of down to the retailers. That's right. It wouldn't be something where you guys would be packaging things together that way. That's right. Okay. Um, Well, in our our last couple minutes here, man, I had so much I wanted to talk to you about, and the time has just flown today. But um, I I was curious. We're talking about um, some of the new things that you've announced that you've gotten into in the last year. Um, I know you're not just here to tread water. So what do you see coming up next? Well, as you know, we just uh, uh, were named the successor of Trailhead Brewery out in St. Charles. We're really excited about that. And I think working on the brew pub experience and, and making that as strong and profitable and consistent across the board as we can. We have the opportunity because we're one company with with a brewing operation and three pub operations. We have the opportunity to really take advantage of a strong marketing team and sales team and administrative team as well. So look for us to be expanding that pub experience. We're going to be doing some rehabbing in Bottleworks and Maplewood. So that'll be our focus. So I would be remiss if I let you go without asking one last question, and that is, what is the thing that you're drinking now that that you're most excited about? Oh, I try everything. (laughs) Occupational hazard. (laughs) Occupational hazard, yes. Today is the tapping of our Scotch Ale, and it's Robert Burns night, and Tom Schlafly will stand up on the the, uh, bar in his kilt and recite poetry. Uh, It's a great time if you've never been. So today I'll be drinking Schlafly Scotch Ale. Well, we'll have to check in with you soon and see what's next on tap. So Fran Caradonna, CEO of Schlafly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sarah. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.